Hi, welcome back to Straight Arrows. I'm your host, Pastor Woody Whit of Memorial Baptist Church in Maysville, North Carolina. Good to have you back. Um, this is uh, the episode today is Luke, Jim, and Frodo, Part Two: uh, Christianity Confronts Pop Culture. In the first episode, we talked a little bit about background, the fact that pop culture has always played a significant role in the way that people think, the way that people view reality. Uh, it impacts their particular worldview. And basically, if we want to communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ, we need to understand the culture that we live in and how people think. And we have to consider the impact of pop culture. And so uh, let me pick up then where I left off from the, well, first, let me pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your loving kindness and tender mercies. Open our hearts, O God, to your word and speak to us today, we pray. Uh, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Um, so despite the reformation of the church and the revival of biblical literacy, the public pagan folklore and legend still had a collective hold on the consciousness of the people. Why? Because we, brothers and sisters, have an insatiable appetite for good stories. And so for, the, for this reason, we as Christians need to be aware of the stories that are the most predominant today and impact or inspire the way that the majority of people think about life. And so I'll just mention three today, okay? Three, Star Wars, Star Trek, and the collective works of J.R.R. Tolkien. Now, what did these three very important pop culture phenomena teach or impress upon the contemporary culture? What have they contributed and how have they contributed collectively to pop culture? Without getting into any depth, because I'm going to assume that you're familiar with uh, Star Wars, Star Trek, and uh, some of the uh, J.R.R. Tolkien series. Uh, so what do these three very different pop cultural phenomena teach or impress upon the contemporary culture? Three things, or four things. Number one, each teaches the value of friendship. That's right, the value of friendship. In Star Wars, it is the friendship of Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Chewbacca, and Prince Leia. In Star Trek, it's James T. Kirk, Mr. Spock, Bones, and Scotty. In Tolkien's primary work, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, it's Sam and Frodo, and a host of others. Friendship, then, is an essential ingredient to life. This is what people today think, that friendship is an essential ingredient to life. Number two, each teaches that there is a war between good and evil. In Star Wars, it's the Sith against the Jedi. In Star Trek, it's the Klingons and others against the Federation. In the Lord of the Rings, it's Sauron, the Dark Lord, against the peaceful inhabitants of Middle-earth. Each teaches that collective work, that's number two. Number three, each teaches that collective work is better than individuality. While each has a strong central characters, they're not able to save the universe or just their world without the help of others. And number four, each is intentionally vague about absolute truth. Instead of truth bringing the protagonists together, it is the singular mission that brings the principal characters together on common ground focused on a common good or common goal. 
individual beliefs of the, of the diverse group are never explained to any substantial degree. The exception to this might be Star Wars, but I'm not going to go into that. That's a rabbit trail. I won't go into that at the present time. Let's keep moving here. So then, how do these three pop cultural giants impact our society uh, morally and ethically? Simply put, they reinforce the values of our contemporary society. Remember, we talked about preliterate peoples, the stories and folklore um, emphasized or enhanced um, what the people needed, okay? Uh, preliterate societies, uh, hun hunters and gatherers talked about the prowess of the hunter. In a warrior society, they emphasized the prowess of the warrior, if you will. Uh, today in our contemporary society, our pop culture emphasizes, inculcates uh, the values of friendship. Modern people want to have authentic friendships without hypocrisy, without the hypocrisy. Secondly, they, they, they want justice. Modern people want justice for all people in society. Justice being defined here is what's best for all people. Um, modern people want, uh, they look at the collective rather than the individual purpose. People today really do want to save the planet. And we laugh at that. We Christians and I have been known to laugh at that whole idea of saving the planet. Well, guess what? A lot of people believe that, okay? A lot of people believe in a collective rather than an individual purpose. And so, in other words, hey, we need to get on board and we all need to save the planet. Um, and they believe that collective energy will do it. If we all get on board, we'll, we'll save the planet. And the final thing is absolute truth is an outmoded concept. People um, in their minds, in the, in the mind of, of someone inculcated by pop culture and, and modern academia, uh, believe that people should be free to accept or reject an idea or concept. Why? Because individual thinking should um, not interfere with collective action. But another way, individual truth must be subsequent to collective truth, or I should say subservient to collective truth, what's good for everyone. In other words, it doesn't matter what an individual thinks, it's what's best for everyone. And who decides what's good for everyone? The state does. The state decides what is right and wrong and how we should behave. You know, we automatically, we see the danger of this way of thinking, okay? And it is a dangerous way of thinking, okay? Now, consequently, you and I are like Paul among the idolatry of Mars Hill. Our society has many pop cultural icons, but none are as authoritarian except the state. The contemporary mind, for the most part, has relinquished its real duty to God and submits to the collective authority of the state. And here's where I think all this pop culture is dangerous in a sense, is because it, it emphasizes the collective over the individual. It strips the individual of their autonomy in essence and gives it away to the collective 
authoritarian state that is able to tell you what to eat, what to drink, what to wear, and then ultimately how to think and how to think for the collective good. You see, and that's where that, that's where it becomes dangerous and that's where it became, becomes authoritarian and ultimately totalitarian, uh, brothers and sisters. Pop culture thus unthinkingly supports the state because within the state, one can, fi- one can pursue friendship, justice as the state defines it, collect- it, defines it as a collective work rather than an individual pursuit, and a person doesn't have to be bogged down with absolute truth. So then, what was Paul's response back to Paul on Mars Hill when he was confronted with this? So then, what was Paul's response to people who were conflicted between private and public beliefs and behaviors? Verses 22 to 32, and I'm reading from Acts chapter 17. Then Paul stood up in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I was passing by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship him, declare I unto you, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men, or to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed, and the bounds of their habitation, that they, they should seek the Lord, if haply they might be feel after him and find him, though he be, he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, we're all his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is likened to gold or silver or stone or graven by art and man's device. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now God commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, and others said, We will hear thee again of this matter. Now, from this text, okay, we can observe some things. Number one, the apostle knew what he was up against. He interpreted both what he saw and what he heard. Do we in our society understand what we are up against? Do we understand our contemporary culture and how it has evolved and how it continues to evolve and to what end to which it is evolving? We live in a a society that is evolving quickly, brothers and sisters. Do we understand what is going on and how pop culture feeds that? and encourages that and inculcates that into the mind. Number two, the apostle understood that neither the public modes of thinking and acting nor the private personal philosophy could satisfy the people. Both were predicated on non-truth. Both were not consistent, coherent systems of thought. They were in conflict. The, The public pagan on one side and the philosopher's private personal beliefs on the other side. Neither side was sufficient nor adequate because they lacked absolute truth as a foundation. Paul saw right through this. Today, do we see through pop culture and secular humanism of our time? Do we see how pop culture eventually serves the goals of secular humanism? Because neither one is based 
on absolute truth. The apostle cuts through all the baloney and he conveys to them his alternative, which is 100% biblical, something they have never heard intellectually coherently before. He starts in the beginning with God and works his way forward. The apostle doesn't compromise. He takes the stand for God and gives his audience as much as they can absorb at the moment. Now note that you can't give everybody all the truth at one time. They, people won't take that. Uh, we've got to spoon feed people, especially unbelievers, on the basic principles of Christianity. We need to focus on select issues in the Bible, select themes in the Bible, you know, giving them um, the universals and then the particulars of what we believe. Um, the, the apostle doesn't compromise. He takes the stand for God and gives his audience as much as they can absorb. Now, we need to note that his audience, generally speaking, rejects his words, but not all. Not everybody rejects Paul. Note verses 33 and 34. So Paul departed from them, from among them. Howbeit certain men clave unto him and believed, among the, which was Dionysius the Areopagite, the Areopagite, and a woman named Damaris and others with them. The apostle Paul was faithful. And brothers and sisters, we need to be faithful to the truth also. What shall we then say to these things? What should be our response today? Number one, we need to better grasp the world we live in. This doesn't mean immerse ourselves in pop culture, but we should comprehend the significance of pop culture. Number two, we need to engage people and use pop culture as a starting point, the way that Paul did. Hey, have a conversation about Luke Skywalker. Have a conversation uh, about uh, James T. Kirk. What makes him tick? Hey, have a discussion about Spock. What's up with all the logic and all of that? Okay. Um, have a discussion on 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 Frodo and Samwise Gamgee with someone, okay? Uh, what, what do you see the parallels there? Are there lessons to be learned there? Um, understand, too, that Tolkien was a Christian, okay? And uh, there, there are some interesting uh, things to see in that. Um, we need to encourage young people in the mission of the church. In other words, the church is a type of collective and that we have a unified mission. Our mission as the church is simple. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ, telling people the good news that, that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in the Lord Jesus will be saved. And we need to stick with that and not be ashamed of that. That is absolute truth, brothers and sisters, and we need to be stronger about it today than we ever have been before. We need to cultivate deep friendships because the world is all in that. Young people are all into that. We need to cultivate deep friendships and show young people that we can have authentic relationships with others. But in all that we do, brothers and sisters, here's the mo most important thing. You and I should never compromise the living truth of the word of God. We need to stick to our guns, if you will. We need to take a stand for Jesus in this world we live in. Uh, Christianity has always conf uh, confronted pop culture, and we need to do that today. In our world today, we need to confront pop culture, address what it says, and give them, uh, give people real Bible 
faith-based answers for um, the hope that is in us and show them the desire that is in them for absolute truth. Let us pray. Father God, we love you today. We praise you today. Help us, Lord, to stay in your word. Help us to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. In his holy name we pray. And all of God's children said, amen. And I will talk to you again soon here on Straight Arrows. God bless you. Bye-bye.